<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our interview with the cinematographer for Jungle Cruise, Flavio Laviano. Sorry, Frank. Sorry, strong form. My name is Dr. Lily Houghton. My brother and I are looking for passage up river. What's out there in the jungle? It's not a fun vacation. Well, I'm not here for a vacation. Legend has it that there is a tree that possesses unparalleled healing power. It will change medicine forever. And you need someone to help you find it. Here we go. Sometimes it just needs a bit of a... Nobody touches my engine but me. What did I just do? There you go. <laughs> We're gonna do this together. Haven't you been dreaming about adventure? She was always chasing after some far-fetched idea. There's no such thing as curses. Everything that you see wants to kill you and can. Do you want to turn back? Nope, just getting started. So a lot has been written about Jungle Cruise and how it's it's this rare throwback sort of adventure film. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to hear from you, though, what, what film specifically influenced your approach to the visual style of Jungle Cruise? Well, you know, to start with, of course, you know, I have to talk to the African Queen, of course, you know, that was actually, yeah. actually the movie that, that was influenced to do the ride of Disney. So the, the Disney ride came out of Jungle Cruise, sorry, of a, <laughs> the African Queen, and now we are doing that. I mean, that was, that's a classical movie that I watched, you know, a lot of times. You know, of course, in this specific genre, this is like, Romantic comedy in an exotic place, an exotic country, an exotic environment. You know, of course, you know, Seneca's movie about romance in the stone is another big one. But, you know, I, even though those movies are both of them um, about the same theme about the jungle cruises about is which you get, you know, you get this, whatever this. It's two antagonists. You, you, you get Humphrey Bogart who plays this drunk with a nun who's Catherine Hebron, and you get, you know, um, Michael Douglas who plays. So that, apart from being the fact that that this is a typical kind of couple that you put them in a place that at the end they have to fall in love because it's what is fun about it. And I think I, I kind of succeed in Jungle Cruise. I also was a reminiscence of a lot of movies I watched when I was growing up and in, in the big screens in 
in an amorphic film and um, we always to go two or three times to watch them. And, you know, apart, I, I, can't go, I can't go back to movies that, I mean, even from, apart from the 70s, which was all, you know, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, but before that, you know, I, I come back to John Milius when he did the wine, the wind and the lion, uh, the man who could be king from John Huston, you know, all those huge, huge like epopages, like huge movies happens in these exotic places and countries and, and the scope of those of those both big movies, I have to include also maybe probably David Lean as well, mm. doing these huge scope movies in which you're telling a little story, but you're in this, <laughs> you're like a little love story, but you're in this Russian revolution or you're in, you know, like Lawrence or this movie. So that, that has been always, you know, movies that I think they get into your subconscious. And at the end, um, you just want to see them. You just see them. So we, we, we approach that in that in that direction. Probably has to do a lot of to do with nostalgia and the fact they don't make them now anymore. And and but it's a mixed, as I said, it's a mixed feeling. Something that you don't know, but it's I think it's as I said before, I think it's in your in your conscious and your happy moments you had in your life when you were watching them. And that was our goal. You know? how, how did you describe your visual approach to the movie? What did you want it to look and feel like? To start with, you know, it's basically more to try to tell the story and to try to help the directors with his vision. And then, you know, I have a good, I have a good, I have like an old reputation with JAMA to, to work movies together. So we have been doing this for a lot of years and time. So, I you know, when that chemistry happens, it's just a, a blessed and it's just really, really fun because then you, there is, they just prep. We are both very obsessive on preparation and trying to, to, to don't have to talk too much in the set. So that kind of, I think, helped a lot on the chemistry and on the movie and how we approach the movie in those terms. I mean, we have been doing, you know, let's call it B movies or whatever. They want to call them now, but for a long time. And suddenly we got that great, that great opportunity and we just try to, to use it as much as, as you can. What, uh, what cameras did you shoot with? What was, what was your setup like on Jungle Cruise? No, we used the, the Lexus. Yeah, the Lexus. The old ones, because the, the new ones, the ones with the old sensor, the new sensor came out that year and we needed so many bodies to deal with, you know, to the whole production that they, they, they couldn't not really, you know, they couldn't really give us as many, as many as we needed. So we, we used with Alexis and we used with, um, we were ended up doing an anamorphic in, and we used Panavision, you know, and they, they actually, re, you know, they actually re, kind of rebuilt the lenses for us. And, and we went into the, that whole look about the same, the same look of nostalgia in which, you know, some of those lenses have that this warm kind of old coating that I think works very well, you know, in, in the movie, you know, against the, against the green jungle, you know, I think those two colors really match it really well in, into that whole kind of warm yellowish and green backgrounds. So I think that's, that was one of the, of the things we try to achieve and we sometimes achieve and sometimes we did not. So <laughs> it happens a lot, you know. We took all glass and we pretty much once, thanks to, you know, to Dan Sasaki, which is a guy who, who's a, you know, works in Panavision, who helped us a lot. We just basically rebuilt all those lenses and, you know, we got them like a close focus ideas and, and yeah, they were great. They were great, great help 
all the people up in, in Panavision to, to try to get that, that look we, we talked before. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. There's a sequence, uh, a brief sequence in the film where Lily is using like an old film camera um, and it looked really, it looked very authentic. What, how did you achieve that? Was that authentic? No, no. Okay. No. Wow. It looked great. No, no. That was visual effects. They did a great job. I mean, we, yeah. we looked for some old footage and they, they did a great job of it. No, we, we, we use that. They actually, both of them, they filmed each other with the actual, we had this mm-hmm. Black Magic 2000, we used to call the box. It's a camera that came out, uh, which is pretty similar on shape and weight of the old crankers. So we got that camera and the prop guy put a little crank thing on them. Mm. And they were just, we had a, they were a little, you know, we had a little video, video feedback on top. And actually, you know, Dwayne and Emily just, you know, shot some, some shots to each other. So it was kind of mm. fun to do it. And they were doing the, the crank yeah. thing. And the rest, no, the rest was all, all posts, yeah. All gotcha. Posts. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it looked great. Uh, yeah. Full, yeah. Full oh, thank paint. you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so yeah. Speaking of visual effects, I mean, you've you've done a number of visual effects-driven films, but I feel like Jungle Cruise is on a whole other level with the amount of visual effects. How does that, or does it change your process as you develop the the look and feel for the movie? Uh, as you as you get to shooting it, you know, how do you control? The, the lighting, the color, when so much is going to be added in visual effects? Well, you know, we pretty much, on this kind of movies, I mean, the first unit, what, what does is choose the cast, you know, we, we saw the cast, we saw the actors, you know, all the other stuff just, you know, it's basically happens after the movie is cut and happens without any, I mean, of course, you know, you gave them the, 
I mean, you give them the palette of colors that you've seen and you give them the idea and you get them that, but they, they have fantastic artists who just develop, you know. So, you know, we were very lucky. I was very lucky with Jama as well. We, we shot a movie together called The Shallows in which was, um, you know, Black Lively right on a tank the whole time. So we put the rock on the tank, we put the whale in the tank and we put the bowie. So we shot everything on a, on a small tank surrounded by blue. Mm. So that, you know, that took us, that we did it with a lot of prep. So we actually found the locations where the sun, the sun was oriented in the same direction. And then we shot her in, when the sun was there, when the sun was, so we shot also the plates. So at the end, if you do the whole thing, the whole math right, they look almost, you have never been on an, on an actual tank. So we learned a lot about that experience because as I said, 90% of the shallows was shot on a tank. We only went to the beach for one week. And uh, so we, we, we ended up in the same situation, you know, Jungle Cruise, 80% of Jungle Cruise was shot on a parking lot in Atlanta. Hmm. So we, we, we digged a hole and we made a tank and we put blues around and we shot most of the scenes there. So, you know, we went to Hawaii and we saw the big sound, the big stage, the big, well, the big, big village that was built there. But most of the movie was done in Atlanta in the summer. So that, was, that helped a lot, helped a lot to figure out, you know, how to actually make people believe that they're in the Amazons in the parking lot. <laughs> so that, that's something that is pretty, we were pretty, kind of pretty proud of it. It works sometimes it worked really well, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, it's very hard because the tank is so big, you have to do it in the exterior. And then the sun in Atlanta is very toppy in the summer and it's very harsh. So you have to, you know, try to, to modulate it and to get the volume out of it and to silk it and to black it and to do all those things. And But a lot of the scenes in which, like early morning scenes and sunsets and a lot of scenes like when they ate, ate, ate the piranhas and the fish the piranhas which is all this we have to do them at night after after dark mm. so we could actually you know bring the sun low and so it was all done actually like in the sound stage both of those oh, wow. scenes yeah okay. and then and then this you know, the visual effects companies put all the backgrounds and they pretty much look like we have been actually on the on on actual river but we never we never went to the river never <laughs> wow that's awesome uh w- what was the most challenging sequence for you um yeah, probably a lot of stuff in Hawaii that we have to shoot the white shots there and then we have to shoot the close-ups in Atlanta. And then, you know, how they, we had in a very, very rainy season or rainy spot in Hawaii. So it was kind of a nightmare. I had to do a lot of sun artificially and sun artificially. So those were, I've never done that before, that scale, when you actually do the sun into a scene because that's very, very, you know, very expensive and very complex. So probably that, that was the most challenging thing in the stuff. I am also working a lot with, with huge visual effects that I, you know, probably wasn't the first time that I have to deal with, with the scope of those visual effects, you know, how, how big they, they were, you know. Yeah, that was probably the most challenging thing, you know, things that you don't do in, in like a medium budget movies. Right, right, yeah. That's all, that's all the questions that I have. Okay. So thank you so much, Flavio. I, I appreciate you talking with me about the movie and congrats on its, on its success. All right. Well, thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the cinematographer for Jungle Cruise, Flavio Labiano, on the Next Best Picture podcast. Jungle Cruise is currently playing in theaters and available to stream on Disney Plus with Disney Premiere Access. 
You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.